This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts. Steve Jenrin, and I am joined by Mike Jenrin, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm hurting a little bit. Uh, I'm hurting, and I don't know if it's because of the, like, a million push-ups I had to do at Midnight Runners with you the other day, <laughs> or if it's the uh, the frozen Walgreens enchiladas that I ate with you <laughs> the other night at, like, midnight, but for some reason, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit today. <laughs> yep, we did go to Midnight Runners on Tuesday, and it was Mike's birthday, so we had ourselves a little bit of fun. And the only food we could find was uh, was Seven Eleven frozen enchiladas, so we cooked those bad boys up for dinner. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Guys, I am doing very good. I want to give a big shout out to my virtual doctor that gave me my uh, <laughs> my medication. I was taking that all week, and and I feel great now. I feel way better than. You know, Mike does after eating 7-Eleven food, which I've had maybe a 7-Eleven dinner a few times in my life, and it's always maybe the worst food I've ever had in my entire life. You guys ever had the pizza from 7-Eleven? Oh, yeah. That is the most disgusting food. Like, a large pizza is like three ninety nine, and I got it after a Celtics game once. I was not sober. Uh, I couldn't eat it, and I was drunk, and you eat everything when you're drunk, so I'm sorry that you guys ate enchiladas that night. It, it's, like a, it's like a big like road trip food, though. Like It's one of those, you need to stop and go real quick, let's pick up some 7-Eleven pizza for the boys and get back on the road, you know what I mean? I think I'd rather just eat the you know the combos and the uh, ice cream little sandwiches they got in the frozen <laughs> Yeah, we probably should have stuck to that. But So Mike and I, like you, like you mentioned, we did Midnight Runner on Tuesday, had ourselves a blast. Um, I got I got to admit, though, uh, I'm a little bit worried about a race Mike and I are training in October because he's not in as good a shape as I thought he'd be. <laughs> what what kind of shape did you when did I ever indicate that I was in any kind of shape? Steve? Well, I'm just, you know, we got a little bit of relay. We're planning on a relay in October. I need you to be in tip top form. It's only three months okay. away. Two, two, two things. One, Trent. Grab my side here because I feel like I've made it very, very clear at the status of my fitness on this podcast. I even had my dad texting me, shouting me out, saying, like, you know, maybe you should start running again and stuff like that. People are concerned about my fitness, including Steve, who just made that comment about October. And I've assured Steve many times that I will be ready for October. I'm in the grind of the season. It's back. Your boy is back and I will be fine. So everyone's got to stop worrying about me. I got to learn to control people. Trey, yeah, are, you in, are you in decent shape? Can you sub in if we need you to? Oh, 100%. I'm okay, I'll get that as a backup. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You guys team up. I'll find my own teammate. <laughs> and I'll actually, you know what? Forget that. I'll run both legs of the relay and I'll just beat you both. Steve, we just see the best in our podcast partners. Like the other week, I thought maybe Mike rolled out of bed. He jogged around this beautiful country he was in on his honeymoon and he came laughing at me like I would ever expect that. <laughs> you think he can keep up with you kind of maybe on a, one of these workouts. And what does he do? He disappoints. That's great to hear dad text you. That must mean you got a little, you know, a little flub coming out or maybe a little double chin showing up. <laughs> uh, anyways. Good time at Midnight Runner. We had a blast with them. Such a such a cool group, fun workout. Um, but we got a big week coming up, team. Um, we have USAs coming up. When this podcast drops, we'll be a little less than a week away from USAs, and we are throwing a um, a watch party at the Genuine Saloon. So if you again, if you don't know where that is, hit us up on Instagram. We'll let you know where where you can come find it. But we are also creating a game a little bit of a pick'em game so we have established i've already put together the first draft of it but we have established a three-tiered system so the top runners the favorites are in tier one kind of the people that are a little bit of underdogs a step below the top favorites they're in tier two and then everybody else is in tier three and so the, the goal is going to be is you're going to pick one person from each tier so three men three women lowest combined finish is going to be the winner so um, I am going to I posted it on Facebook. I'm going to post them on Instagram. If you want in on this game, 
let us know. Shoot us a DM. We'll get you in on it. Yeah, I'm excited. I think, you know, we've we've, uh, attempted a few different things. I feel like they've been successful, but I feel like this system that we have going is going to allow people to get more involved and they get more people going, get more interest. Uh, I think I think we got something going here. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I love the idea of making these tiers. When I was growing up, you know, I always just wanted to be a bookmaker in Las Vegas. And <laughs> maybe that's just the last couple. Yeah, of years you always dreamed of trend. Uh Not quite, but seriously, this is. Uh, I did go through a point in my life where I was like, maybe I should move to Vegas and like I won't be a gambler because that's too generous. <laughs> but maybe I could work for the bookmakers. Um, so it's pretty cool, Steve, that you know you, you put these tiers together and. I'll pretend like I helped, even though I didn't. But this is uh, this is some good stuff that we got going on. Trent, I know for a fact that you thought that you were going to move to Vegas to be a gambler. Don't act like you didn't. I know well, for a fact. We've had probably, that conversation. <laughs> it was probably like on a hot streak where I was like going to Vegas to gamble, and then when I was losing, I was like, "I'll go to Vegas. I'll get a respectable job. Maybe I can, you know, work for the casino <laughs> instead of taking all their money." But. <laughs> I can just see Trent being a blackjack dealer, just kind of, you know, you know, with his, with his college shirt, kind of, you know, dealing out the cards right here. People getting pissed at him when they when they when they bust them, and and just being like him, just sitting there being like, oh, I wish I had made it as a gambler and get yeah, stuck at this yeah. job as a, as a blackjack dealer. The problem is, if I was in that environment, you never could give up the dream because you get paycheck every week and be like, all right, I'm back. Now's the week where I become a successful gambler. But unfortunately, you can't bet on track. So, Well, that's what we're doing here. So um, I think with this three-tiered system, there's a lot of strategy involved. So just to kind of give people an idea, the top tier, so we have like the the top possible picks, like tier one, it's just Clayton Murphy in the 800, um, Donovan Brazier in the 800, um, Matthew Centrowitz in the 1500, and Paul Chalimo in the 5K. So the so the top of the top on the men's side, um, and then we have about you know uh, 15 people tier two, and then the rest of the fear. Uh, so most of the field, the re- the remaining field in tier three, there is one interesting pick that I threw in there. Did you guys see that pick all the way? At I the did. Bottom? It, it was the field. Yes. So if an athlete is not listed in any one of these tiers, you can use your tier three pick as the field, which I think is going to be a lot of fun because that it's means a sucker bet. I don't know. I don't know. It's there's some sucker bet. There's some there's some decent runners in there. Some some maybe like, you know, potential like tier two caliber people that just haven't just haven't popped yet with the time and didn't get like the, their right seating. So I don't know. I think that could be a be an interesting pick. I'm not going to try and show my whole hand tonight, but I can promise you that I am not taking the field. I'm a man of commitment and loyalty. I'm going to I'm going to pick a tier three runner who I believe in and I'm going to and I'm going to run with him. I'm not picking the field. I'm not going to cop out and try and say, get out of here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with Mike more on this one. Uh, the field is the field's the, the bookmaker's way. As a guy who, you know, is almost a bookmaker, that field bet is just the way to collect as the bookie. So there's too many good athletes that you got in here. I mean, you got probably uh, a dozen names in each event listed. I mean, imagine somebody coming out from uh, behind that top 12 to win something at USA's. It'd be an incredible story. I'll root for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. You're going to pass on, you know, uh, peak too early favorites like Sinclair Johnson and Jess Harris and take the field, Steve? Pro- uh, not on the women's side. I think there's too many good athletes, but there's a lot. I think on the guy side, there's a lot of unknown talent that could pop at the right lock, time. Lock it in right now. I feel like I feel like you've, you've set the stage. You, you've made your argument. Lock it in right now that you'll take the field on the men's side. Lock it in, Steve. He's so scared. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he, I'm locking it in. I'm yeah, locking it in. On, on one we, of my, on one of my, Jared, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the field on the men's side. I'm locking Jared, it in. We I'm just doing bullied, it right now. I'm just, calling it right now. We I'm, just I'm bullied him into it. On the men's side. We bullied him into it. You didn't bully me. I, I was thinking. Bullied you. I'm the one that made these lists. Oh, I was sitting goodness. there thinking, looking at all the names. I said, "Ooh, the, the field pick is a is an interesting pick. I think I might take this on the men's dominated. side." Dominated. Dominated. No, no, no domination here. Um. What do you guys think? Any, 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 any who, who you like and any, any people in there that kind of caught your eye in any of the, the lower tiers? Well, when, oh, well, before we jump to the lower tiers, just in the top tiers, you kind of mentioned some of the highlights in there. How about uh, Shelby Houlihan getting top tier status in two events? Uh, how yep. much of a sab do you have to be to go in the USA's and be, you know, the, one of the favorites or the favorite in the 15 and the 5k? Um, it's, I don't know. Good. It just, it's just pretty impressive to see your name. I think, 
she's she's awesome but you know it's striking to see her as like the elite in both those so oh, i actually sure thought about that Olympics. that actually took me I, I i did actually marinate it on that quite a bit because like i was thinking to myself like if she's a top tier in two events wouldn't that automatically because she's running two events wouldn't that automatically knock her down to to tier two but she's so far and away the favorite in both events i mean shit she's got like a a 25 second um uh gap in the in the in the 5k field she's by far the best runner in america right now yeah i mean i think she uh she's almost a lock in both events but the 5k in general i i mean i think she is a no brainer i mean who who is gonna gonna be here it's like it's like a 25 second gap like you said and then like another huge gap after that like it's it's not even close at least in the 1500 the you know the 1500 depending on how the race shakes out, things can, can happen differently. And, you know, there's people who are a little bit closer, but I just yeah. don't see anybody in the, in the 5k coming close. I'm a, I'm a big fan of our guy, our guy, Bryce Hopple, probably at the top of, of tier two there. I mean, I think if you, if you, if you're not making that pick at, at, at tier two, you get, you better have some, some solid reasoning. I mean, the guy's got now 20 straight wins for our boy, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that maybe he belongs in that first tier. You could make the argument. Yep, yep. I mean, but like he's, yeah. I mean, it, it just there, there's so many good 800 runners. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I just think it makes more sense for him. You know, he's he's just out of college. But guys, we got to talk about this real quick. Um, he raced last week, and we all kind of talked to ourselves. It's like, oh, you know, he's racing against guys like Engels, Centrowitz. Um, in the 800 and it's like this might this might be the end of the streak for our boy Bryce but he came out there and he did his thing and he took down like the biggest names in America literally I mean Centurance is a, a a gold medalist like literally a gold medalist and Bryce just no fear no fear just goes after these guys it was awesome the uh the P2E boost is alive and well and I know Bryce didn't need us you know, to win all those races leading up to this. But this is, you know, perhaps the most impressive win yet versus the field that he had. So, um, you know, you're welcome, Bryce, for coming on and everyone else out there. Same with uh, our girl Sinclair. She didn't win, but she had like four-second PR in the 800s, so yeah. too flat or something. So, uh, you know, people keep coming on if you want to run fast. Yeah, and look at her. She's, she's, a, she's a solid Tier 3 pick for, uh, for next week. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned uh, Matt Centrowitz. Am I the only one who is kind of rooting against him? Because I am. I'm rooting against him. I don't I, like I just doesn't do it for me. Um, no, I'm not rooting against him. I'm not rooting against him yet. I, I, I don't think I don't think we can, you know, say from just a couple uh, early season meets for him like I'm um, against him because you know what? We have a big, big track year next year. And we need him to be our guy. You know, we need him to be ready for the Olympics. We need him to be ready to kind of repeat his kind of his kind of uh, his gold medal run. Um, so no, I'm not rooting against Centrowitz. I've been a little frustrated with him the the, the past year or so, um, but uh, I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm still on Team Centrowitz. Yeah, and maybe it's like the you know kind of like the whole like LeBron James theory for me. It's like when somebody's like at the top, like you wanna. You want to push them down, but I, I don't know. Something about Century has just never like done it for me. He's always kind of had that like air about him, where he's kind of like the chosen one, and I, I don't know. He's just there's just something about him that I, I just I'm rooting for the underdog story. I'm rooting. I'm rooting, I'm rooting against him. The cool thing about USA's is that what you said, Mike, is not blasphemy. Like you're allowed to root against some guys because everybody's wearing that USA singlet. Exactly. So that's a good point. Level. When you see him at Worlds and you see him in the Olympics and, and all those meets like that, you're like pulling for the USA guy. It's just natural. Um, but at USA's, it's it's a fun, different dynamic here where you can pick the guys you like more. You can root against guys. It's like watching, you know, any other sport. Well, that's exactly my point, right? If he's not my favorite guy, and obviously if we're on the world stage or the Olympic stage, I'm going to be rooting for anybody wearing the red, white, and blue. So I got to root against him now to not make it to that stage so that I don't have to worry about having that internal conflict. Mm. I'm making my tier pick, tier one pick right now. I'm picking Centrowitz. 
Good. I'm picking Centrowitz in my tier one. Jess, no, I have now, I have now bullied, I have now bullied him. him into two picks. <laughs> bullied him in, right into two picks. We need him to be the guy. We in need him to be the guy at the back. When we were talking, a little inside podcast talk here, Steve's like, let's not tell our picks on the podcast. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that every time. And I, I think we all agree. Let's just talk about it and get hyped about USAs. And by the end of this pod, Steve will have, you know, Two different selections, you know, have, like a full slot for two different buy-ins. <laughs> oh, can, can, I, can I talk about a quick, like, uh, uh, early, early peak to early Trent Fontanella pick right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So back in the day before we did any research, I'm not saying that we do a whole lot of research right now. Trent solely picked on the names of the athletes. <laughs> How about my man? Running unattached, James Hurt the third in the fifteen hundred. I mean, is that not a fire name if you've ever heard one? James Hurt the third. Like, think of all like if he became like huge, like all the catchphrases that like you could you could use for him. Like, uh, he he's gonna put on the hurt or the you know what I mean? like, yeah, that the just like the 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 headlines write themselves. Dude, I'd love to meet you know. James Hurt Sr. That guy is a badass. <laughs> okay, well, so again, guys, if you, I'm going to post this on Instagram. If you want to get in on this, you can. You don't, even, you don't have to be at the watch party. We'd love you to be there. You don't have to be there, but you can get in, and you can submit multiple entries, um, and we'll tell you how to do that, too. Just kind of reach out to us, and we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll get you in. Um, but now we are going to transition into our interview with – Former Notre Dame runner now. Um, she has been one of the the, the better mid-distance runners in the NCAA for um, the past five years now. Uh, Jessica Harris, who just competed in the 1,500-meter um, championship at, uh, at at the NCAA championship. You know, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, but um, she ran a great race. You know, she's everything that we love about this sport. She's a hard-nosed runner. She likes to take the lead. She likes to grind out there. So let's get into it with Jessica Harris. All right, we have a great interview for you here. We have one of the best mid-distance runners in NCAA multiple-time All-American, multiple-time ACC champion, Jessica Harris. Jess, welcome to Peak Too Early. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, no, we're excited to have you. So um, we're on a little bit of a, of a streak of, uh, of women's 1,500-meter runners. Um, we had Sinclair Johnson last week. Now we have you. But I want to start off with something similar you know, to, the, to what we started off talking with uh, Sinclair. Um, so we have a little bit of problem with you know, the 1500 meters and the mile, mainly on the guy side, because mm -hmm. guys run like chickens out there on the track. But the girls always seem to bring it in the in the big meets. And unfortunately, oftentimes the person who makes the race doesn't necessarily win the race. And I just want to say that you 100 percent made that national championship race. You took it out so hard in the second half of that race. Yeah. Uh, I 100% agree, and I, anyone, any of my coaches, any of my teammates will tell you that I'm always the one to do that in races. I hate sitting. I hate <laughs> sitting. Preach. I think, I, Adam Goucher has this quote, and he's like, let's just go out there and get dirty. Like, let's wrestle. <laughs> let's just tangle on the track. And I'm like, that is exactly what I want to do. Like, let's just go out and see who who's bringing it today, you know? Let's see who's the most prepared for this race. Let's Let's go out and do it. Like, we're not here to sit around. So was that your plan going into it or did you just kind of like snap on the track and be like, I'm going to take the lead if nobody else is going to take it? That was my plan going into it. Okay. Like I knew that I know that I'm fit right now. Um, I didn't want to take it from the start because exactly like you said, the person who takes the race doesn't win the race most times. <laughs> um, so I wanted to conserve a little bit, but I wasn't going to let us get out and then settle down for that second lap, that second 400. Um, so also big shout out to Whitney um, from BYU for taking that first lap because that showed oh, yeah. a lot of track for her to do that on that on that stage. Um, big kudos to her. But yeah, that was the plan going in. I was like, I'm yeah, going to around. I'm 
here to I'm here to get a medal. <laughs> it's uh it's kind of like your brand. So if you Google Jess Harris, we're doing our, our research. There's a video of you, and the quote below it is just like Jess Harris likes to take it out fast, or it's like I like to take it out hard. Like it's it's uh, it's yeah. your mo now. So I guess you kind of have to to live up to your reputation. Well, and I wouldn't do it any other way. I mean, I started as an 800 meter runner, and I'm like, granted, not done in the 800 yet, but you don't just hang out in the 800 either. You go out, you get out fast, and then you just hang on. So that's, I mean, how I've been trained through high school and through my first year of the college. So it's just the character that I like to bring to the 15. Um, and now I'm just getting that, like that strength, that aerobic base, where I can hold on to that, hopefully. I'm um, like piecing my 1500 together, 400 by 400 as the years go on. So yeah, no, I'm not going to, not going to change anything about the way I race. Love it. And just, I don't know, like hearing you talk like, oh, let's just get out there and wrestle and like go grind. Like that is exactly what we preach on this show. Like that's, that's what track and field needs to be. If we're ever going to make this a mainstream sport, that's the kind of, that's the kind of mentality we need in this. And uh, so I guess that leads me to my first and most important question. Uh, if my research serves me right, I noticed that you are running unattached at USA's coming up next week. Is that correct? Well, that's great because we, I don't know what <laughs> negotiations you got going on with any kind of you know, brand or anything like that. But we have a racing team, SAV racing team. So if on Wednesday when you go to USA and you need a sponsor, you need someone to represent you, we would be happy to have you wear that singlet. Happy to. I really appreciate the offer. And you'll probably make some pop up on my list right now. Keep your number. Um, okay. Awesome. Uh, but we made... I will be running. I am listed on attached, but I'll be running in the Notre Dame uniform. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Not awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Take down. A look at it. But after we, we made the same after. offer to Morgan McDonald. We offered him a thirty rack, a thirty rack of Miller Light, and he didn't take our offer either. So, well, if we offered a thirty rack of Miller Light, would that change anything? Uh, can I get some Bud Light Lime? Oh, oh no. my! We'll, we'll cut that. We'll cut that part. We'll cut that. <laughs> Just uh, I'm not. I'm not backing way. down from that statement. By the way, keep it in, please. <laughs> the Fair lime enough. is okay. The lime, adding the lime, I can, I can get it. But uh, you know, is, 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 is as long as it's not just straight Bud Light, that's fine. No, 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 no. B L L all the way. <laughs> so uh, I, so you're, so you're running at USA's um, yeah. next week. Um, do you have the same type of mentality? Are you going to take it, or are you just going to kind of, uh, you know, sit back a little bit and see how it plays out a little bit? I think that I actually haven't thought about it. I was going to wait for the heat sheets to come out, but it'll be obviously, and as it was at nationals, it's going to be a really talented group of women. But I think in this setting, when you have 20 plus women who've run under 410 and who will have to do that to make a final, I don't think that I'll need to do much work in the race. Um, but if the race slows down, again, I'm not going to take any chances with the last 500. Are you going to give yourself a break after USA's after nationals? You had a quote, you know, the, the, I think it was let's run was interviewing you and you're uh, immediately off the line and you're like, yeah, I'm excited to get some two mile workouts in. I'm excited to build my strength up. And I was like, Whoa, calm down. You're, you're an all American. Like, go have some Bud Light limes or some Miller Light. So when, when is your bender season? When do you get a break? Oh, hopefully soon. No, um, I'm going to, I'm going to run Sir Walter Myler the weekend after. So just get a fun track mile in because it'll Raleigh, right? Yep. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be my first time in my sponsored uniform. Uh, and then looking at a couple miles that next week, but then after that, I'll be taking a break. Um, I, my family's from Puerto Rico, so I'm going to go out there mid August and mm. that'll be a better season mid August. It's been a long season. I mean, honestly, extending from whenever collegiate racing started outdoors in April, March, even, it's been a long season, but yeah. So by, by your sponsored uniform, we should probably have it to you by next weekend. So that's great. Um, <laughs> no, but do, would I don't know if you've already disclosed who uh, who the sponsor or what uniform you will be wearing. You want to break it here on Peak Too Early podcast? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but no, I've not. <laughs> ah, darn! <laughs> I thought I had it. I thought I had the I, shot there. I thought about it for a minute. <laughs> So what's that? What's that process like after college? And you're kind of uh, seeking out a, a sponsor. Um, was it? Were you going out looking at sponsors and talking to them, or were people coming to you? A little bit of both. I actually started my process pretty early, just because I knew that I didn't want to be doing it during outdoor, and I knew I would want to be running after college. So I went to some clubs in like 
as early as October, started contacting some coaches and I was like, Hey, tell me about your program. Tell me like what I need to know. What can I do now? Um, normally like, let me just tell you, I'm a procrastinator. So this is absurdly unusual. <laughs> like this is the earliest I've done work on anything. Um, so I went on a couple of visits over a visit over winter break and then a visit on spring break. But then, I mean, the process is honestly taking a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, but as time has gone on after NCAA's companies have reached out, uh, I've been talking to a bunch of more coaches, marketing people. So, I mean, it's, it's a confusing process, but I've thankfully had a lot of people ahead of me go through it. And I have some people, some people that I trust giving me advice. So I'm figuring it out. What, uh, so if you were working on this since October, what kind of, uh, benefits and gifts did you have to, you know, turn down and not accept <laughs> because you were, didn't want to, you know, influence your eligibility? I was a very, very, very humble, uh, run. I am, I mean, still, I didn't win a title. I've never won a title. I've never been top five before. Um, so not too many. <laughs> Uh, so to bring it back to kind of more of a serious question, um, yeah. so there's no question, right, that in the world of sports, women's sports don't get nearly the respect that they deserve, right? But track and field seems to be a little bit different. I think track and field, it's at least much closer than it is with a lot of the mainstream sports. You know, we're all running that same distance. We're all running that same... So I, part of me feels like track does it a little bit better than some of the mainstream sports out there. I don't know. Am, am I completely off off track on that one? I don't think so. And maybe I actually haven't really thought about it. Yeah. But well, my first inclination is, I mean, maybe just because it's so, it is uniform across the two events. Like right. both both genders run the fifteen hundred. Okay, you have a difference in the hurdles and the height of the hurdles and yeah some shorter sprints but otherwise the events are the same and when you have people who come in who don't know anything about the sport you can look across and there's some sort of conversion or some sort of understanding that could be had i don't know i yeah. honestly haven't thought about it it's um it's interesting i mean i would say there's still like who are our biggest sponsors like who are the if you think of the track at if you ask any yeah. one who the track athletes are that they know it's usain bolt i don't know if they could name any female track athletes yeah maybe Felix like yeah 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 no that's something that's interesting I'll have to think about that I haven't <laughs> well that's the beauty of running right it's a very you 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 have a arbitrary distance everybody lines up here we got to get to there and whoever gets there first you know is, is the winner and it doesn't matter about how you did it it's just whoever gets there first is the winner so I think distance running in general one of the things I, I, I love about it is that it kind of takes all the crap out of it and it just kind of boils it down to it's an easy way to tell who did the work and who's the best you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah I even think that I mean you talked about this in the beginning but like sometimes at 15 you people are just sitting around for 1300 meters and yeah <laughs> it it becomes a game um that's why I like, I love watching the 400. Like there is no relaxing the 400. Like you, you're, you are running with what you have that day and you're running for milliseconds. I just think that is like the coolest event to watch. 400 is great. I love the 400, but I will say I cannot stand the 200. The 200 is the worst event in all of sports. <laughs> and not because I don't respect the effort that they're putting in on the track. It's just, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. They do a million heats. Every single yeah. meet, every single track meet I've ever been to, it's like, yeah. all right, settle in. We got 45 minutes to an hour of the 200. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, people could say the same thing about the 10K. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> 70 minutes of distance running. Well, speaking of, of distance, um, let's let's change the subject to to cross country, uh, another sport you've excelled at. Um, yeah. Danny Danny Chumster gave me the this is my inside <laughs> scoop at Notre Dame here. Um, he gave me the tip that so you had surgery in July last year, right? Yes, I did. And then you came back and were an all American. So, what kind of steroids do they give you where the surgery didn't affect you? <laughs> no steroids, just good old hard work. And 15 credits of classes over the summer from June to August. Whoa! Nice. Yeah, it was it was quite the summer. But yeah, I had a surgery actually the weekend of USA's last summer. 
and then wasn't walking for a couple of weeks. Dan opened hundreds of doors for me. The crutches just weren't useful for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just, I mean, trained my butt off at the end of August when I was like back to walking, biking, ellipticaling, swimming. Um, And I like, I can't even joke that. I didn't even pretend to run cross country my like first four years of college. Like that was just (laughs) not a successful event. Um, But this year I came back and I was like, listen, I'm going to like, I'm going to do this. I want to be good at this. The dedication, the discipline is going to be really good for me in every event like that I run from here on out. Like I have to be good at this. Um, yeah, no, no roids, just willpower. <laughs> and uh, a lot of cross training sounds like. Were you a pool runner? Did you put the pool belt on? Oh, I hate pool running. It's the, oh, worst. It's the worst. It, it is, is the worst. worst. I would rather. I don't. Oh gosh. I don't even think it does anything I, for you. Like, no, like, what does it do? You, get, you put the belt on, you get in the pool, you pretend to jog around, and, like, it's annoying, but I get out, and it's like, I don't feel like I went for a run. Like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know. I, 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 When I was injured, I was like, I did it once. I was like, all right, I'm never doing that again. That was dumb. I don't know. Some of, some of my, my most fond cross-country college memories were early morning YMCA pool runs and then sitting in the hot tub with, like, the 85-year-old guy telling us war stories, like... Oh man, I, I wouldn't trade those for anything. But it was a sitting in the hot tub after. No, yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> running is, it's better than sw- I mean, swimming. You just can't talk to anyone, so it's just well, super isolating. Whereas pool running, you're like listening to music or chatting, or like we'll go outside in like an outdoor pool sometime. You're out in the sunshine. That's lovely. But no, I agree. I just feel like I'm flailing around for 45 minutes, and I get out and <laughs> pull the hamstring. Like I'm not gonna run for another month now. <laughs> <laughs> Pool running was like a really serious part of my college like life. Like I remember really? waking up super early, ASAP Rocky bump, and we get there, and then like <laughs> the, the senior citizens were doing their dances and pool aerobics, and so the music was always like fifties music. You know, I'm flirting with the lifeguard while I'm in there, like just having the time <laughs> of my life. I love the pool, so, um, so I recommend. You know, good. Steve, you should give another try. No, actually, now that now that you say all of that, like condensed like that. I'm starting to think maybe Steve's right. Maybe it wasn't a very good workout. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a, sounds like a pretty scary scene you're your paying. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. So, uh, so what was it like being a being a Notre Dame athlete? I mean, everybody thinks a, thinks of Notre Dame. You know, they think football. I mean, my favorite movie of all times, uh, Rudy. Um, but what was it like being a, a distance runner at Notre Dame? Um, well, you know, the ice bath from Rudy, we still have that and use it. So I've nice. been in there once or twice, um, more than once or twice. Uh, it is, it is, it's a balancing act. It was, it's a, Notre Dame's a lot of work. The classes are hard. Um, there's a lot going on also just socially and like with activities on campus and with our dorm system, you get placed with random roommates. So a lot of people have friends that are off the team. So you're trying to balance yeah. Being an athlete, spending time with people on the team, being a normal person and having friends off the team. Um, but it was awesome being able to travel anywhere and having Notre Dame logo on my backpack or my shirt yeah. and everywhere I go. So it's like, man, like I have an aunt who goes there. Like my best friend went to Notre Dame or no matter where I am, I don't have to be in Chicago. It could be in L.A., uh, but there's just connections everywhere. So that's yeah. something I really, really loved about it. And I, I don't know if it if it's it can be attributed to Rudy or just what it is about Notre Dame but I feel like there's like a across the line like a, a an affinity for Notre Dame I think people have a lot of respect for Notre Dame I think for the most part people really do like the school of Notre Dame except my co-host Trent over here he's got some real issues with Notre Dame so I don't know I, I guess I'll let you two hash that out I am, I am throwing up my mouth right now. All this, <laughs> this Notre Dame talk it is disgusting. Jess, you're you're a smart person and you're an academic all American. Did you consider going Stonehill College or Big Sister School? Like did that ever cross your mind? Stonehill. Stonehill. Um, no, nope. It was too prestigious. I couldn't get in. I, okay, I understand that. No, my my beef with Notre Dame is I just feel like everyone I ever met growing up that was associated with Notre Dame just thought it was the best thing ever and was always bragging about how I went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Um, and their sports teams were always overrated in everything they've done. To this day, everyone picks their football team to win every year, and they always disappoint. Classic Notre Dame just yeah. to stink at the end of the season. Um, yeah. So it's just, I don't know, I just have a problem with, like, the the air that people come off of with, with 
their their Notre Dame degree and things like that. Like, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> go at them. Yes, go at them. No, I think that's very, very fair. And I think Hell yeah. truth there, there's a lot of buildup for the school. But honestly, you get here and you're like, man, the people here are so great. I know that sounds like super dumb and generic, but like the people here are so good. The professors are awesome. The coaches are great. Okay. Our football team hasn't won yet, but like yeah. <laughs> we're just good people trying to do good things, which is great. It's it's a there's a lot of buildup and a lot of history, and I think it earns it. You come you'll come here. You'll see. Come here again. Don't stay with the, the the problem is is so you know you seem like a great person, um, and so I'm not gonna admit that you know you're okay, but. I may think that uh, my girlfriend went to Notre Dame. Uh, Danny Chumstead <laughs> was my roommate. So there's all these people that are, are ruining this, like, this, this truth I you? have. I mean, this truth I have of how bad it is. So <laughs> I got to stop talking to Notre Dame people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe she still dates you. Have you done Neither, that? Can I. Neither can I. Please tell me you didn't say this in front of her family. Oh, my gosh. This black information. <laughs> I think Rudy is the dumbest movie ever. I don't understand why everybody oh, now you cross so the line, for Trent. Rudy and Now you cross the line. Stinks. It's rewarding people who stink at what they do just to, you know, let them go on the field. And her family has a big beef with that. But no, like, no. let's let's give somebody stop. deserve the opportunity. Trent, Rudy is the epitome of like what it means to be a distance runner. It's he's not he starts at a different level of skill, and, it, and you just got to accept that. And it's all about how hard you work work to get where you want to go. Okay, so <laughs> the American dream. That's right. Rudy. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry I did this. I, I, I'm sorry I started this. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here, Jess. So uh, we talked a little bit about USA's. We talked a little bit about how you're how you're partnering up with the brand shortly. Um, what are your goals going forward? What do you want out of your professional running career? Are you going to stick with the mid distance, or are you going to kind of look at a different event? I think it will depend where I go, uh, who my coach is moving forward. But I'd like to continue working with the eight and the fifteen. I think that I still have a lot of growing room there. Um, so I'd really like to continue working on my speed. Uh, I think that, and this is the philosophy of my college coaches here, but you don't move up until you've mastered an event. You don't like grass is always greener. Grass is always greener. Like go 3K steeple, go 5K. Like I think that if something's not clicking in an event, you need to keep working on it. Unless, I mean, of course, you're just not made to be in that event. But I think that like, I still have a lot of growing room in the 8 and the 15. So I'd like to stay in these distances. Um, and the goals for my professional career, I mean, I would love to get a world standard. Yeah. 2023 and then obviously next year it'll be hard because this is the year of transition and honestly the first year with the club is really difficult and you don't see your best results your first year with the club so looking forward to this next set of Olympic trials I mean I will show up and I'll do the best that I can under a new year of training um, but the goal would be to make it to 2024 um, compete for a spot there Jessa so I always wonder about you know you end up competing against the same people often right and you know there's a lot of the same people who are up in uh, up in the front of the pack and do you develop rivalries do you develop friendships with these girls like how how does that work yeah i actually think that as i've gotten older it's become less of rivalries and more so of friendships or like okay. and that this is like really hard and we're all just like you can't always be defensive in the sport like you just have right. to be like you can't stop anyone else from running fast you can run fast with them or feel bad about them running fast, you know? <laughs> so I think that, and this is, uh, this has taken time and maturity to realize that I show up to the starting line. I'm like, Hey, like I see, I've seen you all the time. Like, let's go do this together. Like, like you said, it's good races are made by fast people. And, um, you just have to make a race and you do that. If you like the people that you're running against and you have goodwill for them, Ooh. honestly, but I'm excited to be on a team with new people and people who have, cause I've, I mean, here I train with like some 5K, 10K girls and some 800 girls. So I'm really looking forward, hopefully, to being on a team with some milers who I've raced against and who I know their strengths are really different than mine or right. just girls who can really challenge me and push me in races and that I can work out with now. Awesome. Yeah, I think that goes hand in hand with your strategy of, you know, not being afraid to push the pace. Um, mm -hmm. If everybody's just sitting on the same person all the time, that's going to diminish your, you know, want to go out there and push the pace. But you know, when you when you know the people up there and, and you kind of maybe, you know, understand their racing styles and, and everybody's really trying to you know, have the same mindset of running fast. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. The good relationships probably helps 
you know, the, the faster times occur because not everyone's just going to sit on one person. You're going to help each other out. Definitely. I think one of my favorite memories actually from outdoor track was the finals last year. I didn't make the finals of the 15 last year, but I have been racing Grace Barnett for four years. Um, and now, I mean, she's a pro now, but we were in the same uh, prelim heat together and she like, she deserved to be in that final heat more than anyone. I don't like to think anyone deserved anything because we all are hard work and we all deserve good things, but she just had not made a final yet. And we were in the same prelim and we of course are in the ACC together. So we've been racing each other all season and it came down to like the last 200. And I like feel her like next to me. I'm like, Grace, like we've got to go now. Like we're going to make it in. Like we've got to go. And I like say this, I'm like, Grace, we've got to move. And she like comes back. I didn't make the final, but she made it. And I was like almost more happy that someone who I like had developed this friendship for and just had all the good wishes for in the world, like achieved something that she needed so badly and wanted so badly. Um, So it's really cool. It's just like, it's, it's neat. It's cool to have built these relationships with women that I'll be racing for the next four years, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. You're such a better person than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what they teach you down at Notre Dame, trying how to be good people. Yeah, Just be a good person. Uh, well, so uh, we we uh, we're coming to the end of the interview here. So we did a little stalking on your Instagram page, and you have a very cute dog. What's your dog's name? I do. His name's Teddy. Okay, so we do this with all of our guests at the end of the interview. It's it's a it's called down the home stretch, and we're gonna Excellent. fire rapid fire questions at you. And every home, down the home stretch has a theme. And so our uh, our down the home stretch for this interview is going to be dog related. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Mike, do you want to kick it off? All right. So, Tyra, we'll start with my question here. What sport would your dog be good at? None of them. He's the most unathletic <laughs> in life. He'd play, like, he'd play golf or something. <laughs> that might ruin my question. I was going to ask, how is Teddy as a training partner? Oh, so bad. He runs, like, after one mile, he slows down to, like, 10-minute pace and then will not walk. Continue. Who would win a 100-meter dash, you or Teddy? Me. People Ooh. have asked me at the dog park, what's wrong with my dog? And I'm like, you just <laughs> <laughs> oh. who, <laughs> who is the most famous dog of all time? Uh, Wishbone. Ooh, all right. Interesting. <laughs> um, do you always pick up after your dog? Always. Yeah. Good answer. What's your favorite condiment on a hot dog? Oh, nice Ooh, question. that's a good question. Uh, ketchup, big ketchup girl. Oh no! Ooh. Yeah. All right. So my my wife has been trying to convince me for a year to get a dog, and I'm running out of arguments not to get a dog. What is the worst part about having a dog? You have to be periodically coming back to the house. Ooh. Okay. So you have it just takes away a lot of freedom. All right, I'm gonna have to use that. But on the flip side, you always have a companion. So damn faithful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Mike, you may have to cut this. This is my dumbest question yet. But uh, Jess, do you like Updog? Oh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't answer that. Next question. (laughs) That was was actually my favorite question. (laughs) What's the best trick that Teddy can do? Uh, Ooh. He can can spin a little circle if you ask him to. Ooh. It's more entertaining than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, last question. What do you got? All right. All right. So you are clearly a big dog person. You love your dog, Teddy. Yeah. Did you feel bad about beating other runners from schools that had dog mascots like Georgia Bulldogs and the BU Terriers? No. Good. Ruthless Notre Dame thing to say. <laughs> Uh, Jess, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. We wish you the best of luck next week at USA's and, you know, whichever club you join up with, you know, whatever brand, uh, we wish you luck with them as well. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Jess for coming on. It was a lot of fun talking with her. And guys, you know, I think I really sympathize with her a lot 
when she was talking about how being a Notre Dame athlete and just kind of the academic demands that kind of come with being a Notre Dame athlete, because, you know, as a Bentley athlete, I would always look at the Stonehill athletes and be like, I have to do so much more classroom work than them. I just, it's so much more demanding, so much harder, you know, to get good grades at Bentley than it is at Stonehill. So I really, I just really sympathize with her. Actually, that makes a whole lot of sense, Trent. That like I totally understand that, Steve. I sympathize with that. Like, like good on you guys for doing all that work. That must be why we always beat you at N- any tens. Why we always beat you uh, at the regional meet, and why we always stepped on the line at nationals. I mean, that makes so much sense, Steve. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> when when Jess was saying the thing about you know rooting for the person next to me, we've been racing against her for four years. All I could think was if that was a Bentley person next to me, you know, I would just be throwing <laughs> bows and trying to get a little spike on him. Uh, Way to go, Steve. You walked right into that one. <laughs> not your best. Not your best. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Uh, you know, man to man, Mike, my my PRs hold up, hold up pretty damn good next to yours. Yeah, well, hey. It's not, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not all about times. It's not all about time, Steve. I think you once told me that. Yeah, I guess so. Whatever. Kind of the essence of the podcast. <laughs> you know, we're not about numbers. We're not about uh, what, what the splits were that day. So we had some major news in the in the world of track and field uh, just recently. Um, the thirty year old women's mile record went down. Safan Hassan took down the 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 mile world record with a time of four twelve. And guys, I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> oh, Steve, you didn't see it was all over uh, Fox News, CNN, uh, the New York Times wrote a sweet article about it. It was great. It was all no, obviously I'm kidding. It, I mean, how many times do we have to preach this? I mean, this it, literally the mile is the track. That is what track and field is all about, but mostly on the distance side. But the mile is it. That's the event that everyone can relate to. A world record went down. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And in the premier event in the sport. Yeah. World record in the premier event in the sport. And outside of like the flow track community, nobody gives a shit. So I I, like, I don't know what to say. And not, not just a world record and not just in the mile. It's been sitting there for 30 years or something like that. It's not like this changes every six months and people are slowly taking tenths of a second off it. Like that was set in stone. You get past five, 10 years and you start to get to that point where like, will this ever get broken? Like, you know what kind of blood doping was the previous world record doing? But this is a this is a big Ooh. like you said big deal. <laughs> that's a that's a big time accusation to be throwing I'm out there, Trent. A, I'm not meaning to accuse. I'm just saying when you get to a record that's been uh, held for this long and nobody has been able to stoop it, you're yeah. like, what the hell was going on? Because that's incredible. Like it's well, the premier event. Everybody's gunning for it. It could be it could be that over like the past thirty years, everybody's training to peak for the fifteen hundred. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, typically you only run the run the the mile indoors. So like when somebody's getting to that level, they're just super focused on like the 1500. Um, I'm sure like, you know, there has been a handful of conversions that have come pretty close or broken it. But um, the fact to take it down to break the mile, I agree, it should be bigger news. And I think it's a it's an incredible accomplishment. And it was it was a well run race too. like she pushed the pace right from the beginning. I mean, the announcers were saying, like, oh, she went out slower than she wanted to. She was still absolutely cruising. Uh, uh, you know, outside of the pace group, she was the one who was pushing it the entire time. Um, and on the last lap, just buried everybody. But what I loved most about it, if you watch the race, is even on the last lap, she's going for a world record. And I usually am like, hate it when people look back in a race. Literally the entire last lap, she is like looking backwards to see if anybody's with her. And when, like I said, I'd, I'd usually like not be happy with that. But what that said to me was like she was worried about winning the race. Like she yeah. was on world record pace, but all she cared about was who was around her and trying to win the race. Like I thought that was badass. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's how you if you're going to run an incredible time, if you're going to, uh, you know, run a world record time, you kind of got to be in that mindset. I think once you get out of like the racing mindset, it definitely takes a little bit away from the running. Like you got to stay in that like competitive grinding um, mindset, because once you come out of that, you do lose a little something. Yeah. yeah but how many times do you see, you know, someone's going to run fast today. Let's get a rabbit in there for the first 800, 1200. And there's only one person going with the rabbit. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I agree you would think this is the way to do it, but I don't think everybody always approaches it this way. So it was cool to see her do it, you know, in a real real race where she was gunning for the victory. Yep. And speaking of cruising on the last lap, Mike sent me a video clip the other night because I haven't I haven't broken down and I haven't bought an NC uh, an NBC Gold account yet, so I can't watch all of the live track. I'll probably break down eventually. Um, but Mike, you sent me a video. Why don't you explain this video a little bit? So Steve, this was I I I finally decided I need to start watching track, and literally the very first event I ever watched was worth every cent I had spent on this account. So I'm watching it. And, you know, it's a classic 5K with, you know, 800 meters to go or so. Everyone, you know, the front pack is still all together. And then you see on the uh, the back stretch with 600 meters to go, this guy just start taking off. And I'm saying, like, dead sprint. <laughs> and you have some, like, really good runners in there who, like, start to go with him for a while because they're like, what does he know that I don't know? And then the announcers are even talking about it. They're like, did he miscount laps or something and then you just see him turn onto the home stretch and just bar- absolutely barreling down the home stretch like a crazy person <laughs> he's coming to the line and see this is the part that i find the funniest because the bell starts to ring for the bell app and obviously he hears it right so he comes across the line so there's two options here either like he was going so hard that he was delirious and like didn't really realize what the bell app was or he hears the bell lap knows what he did but now you just have to own it because he crosses the line (laughs) he's like celebrating he's waving to the crowd and (laughs) next thing you know the runners bomb by him on the left side he looks around confused and then hops back in the race and then i just zoomed in on him the rest of the last lap and he is just basically walking people are just bombing by him it was so funny uh we'll put it on our instagram because until you see it you won't be able to appreciate how funny it was it's it's one of the funniest things I've seen in, in the in the you know world of track and field. Like this guy is just all out. He thinks he has this thing. He's coming down the home stretch, and like he said, he crossed the finish line, and he has that moment where it's just like he, you know he's celebrating, and you can tell. Like you said, he's like he's like, can I play it off? Like they like I, yeah. like, I, like he's like, can I play it off? Like I like I didn't think this was the last lap, and he has that split second, and then he's just like, ah, shit, and he gets back in the race, and he's just kind of like like you said, jog along guys no excuses for that though uh if you have enough energy to celebrate and like wave to the crowd and everything like that like what are you doing out there i kind of get it when you're totally depleted you're almost like passing out at the end of your race complete delusional but if this guy had the energy to celebrate like get your head on the game it's a big meet you know run a full race yeah, it was. Well, he, just lost, he lost count. He thought he was running. He thought he was running a full race. We talked. We talked last week, and we talked about the skill versus effort spectrum, and running's all the way on the effort side, right? This guy's skills were so low that he can't even count. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they? It, they counter for you though. They do. They do. they do. And it wasn't like they were lapping people. Like I, I, I don't know what got into this guy's head. Like I don't know what happened. But the moment. As he's celebrating when Kajelcha passed him and he darts back into the race, like that single moment, I could rewatch a hundred times. It is so funny to watch him go from waving to the crowd to jumping back in the race. And like as the bell is ringing and Kajelcha is like, you know, 20 meters behind him, what is going through his head? Like, is he just like laughing hysterically? <laughs> you like, gotta be you such a sucker. <laughs> you gotta be like, he's gotta be, he's gotta be like dying. Left. But I guarantee you, there was like a, there was a moment. Oh, yeah. We're going into the last turn and Kajel just like, crap, am I like, am I wrong? Is this in fact the last lap? Yeah, um, definitely. And then like, and when he heard the bell, he must have been so relieved being like, oh, <laughs> I got this. Anyways, hilarious video. Go on our Instagram. Check it out. Uh, it, it, it's it's very, very, very funny. Um, so uh, one quick note I had here, guys, was, uh, you know, we had a, a, a big announcement um, from one of our rivals on the podcast, um, Grant Fisher picked a team. So he is he is running USA's officially in his new singlet. He is running for the Oregon Track Club by Nike. What do you guys think of that? Uh, Steve, I don't care. I don't care what uniform he wears until he comes on the podcast. So, yeah, that's all I got. Fair enough. Fair enough. So hopefully... You know, our boy Morgan McDonald can choose maybe a rival team so we can keep the rivalry going. I yeah, hate I to like, 
I would hate to see them be teammates. Yeah, it would be I, a bummer. It'd be a bummer. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> go ahead, Trent. Is the Sap Squad a rival to the Oregon Track Club? <laughs> I mean, Morgan was on record on this podcast saying that Grant Fisher's his rival. So I think I think the SAV racing team might be back in play. Yep. Yep. We'd love to see you in purple, Morgan. If uh, <laughs> if you want to join that, that dirty rack of, uh, of Miller Lite is still on the table if you want to take it. Absolutely. <sighs> Guys, this was another really fun ep- episode. Um, let's head into the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for the people? I just want to say... Uh, at the beginning of this podcast, we made a vow to start watching track and good on us guys, because I'm like legitimately excited about watching USA's. Like, I'm not even just saying that, like, I am actually looking forward to it. Like I would like going to Steve's house for a football game on Sunday. Like I'm fired up for it. I think it's going to be a really good time. I've been looking forward to it for like over a month now. Uh, I've started watching track on the side. Like I'm actually invested in a sport that I never thought I would be invested in. So good on us. I completely agree. Trent, what do you got for people on the bell app? Just going to pat myself on the back real quick. Good job by me. Good job by you guys. Guys, I have an important announcement to make. I, you're pregnant. No longer. No, I'm not pregnant. Eric's pregnant. (laughs) I no longer have a gambling problem. I am clean from gambling. Not that I don't gamble, but there was a casino that opened up on my bike rides to work, the Encore Casino in Boston. I ride my bike fast every day. It opened up probably three weeks ago. The first week I thought, oh, I'm not going to go because it's super busy. There's lines out the door. I'm not going to get my game of blackjack in like in my breakfast and coffee before I head over to the office. Uh, the next week I was in Idaho, so I didn't have the opportunity. But this week, I've had four days of riding my bike both ways past that casino, and I haven't stopped. I haven't gone in, <laughs> and I haven't even like really felt the strongest urge to be in there. So um, good job by me. I no longer have a problem. Thank you guys for helping me work through you know, some of the inner issues I have that probably <laughs> led to that. So I'm in a good place, guys. Great place. I thought the answer to your gambling problems was that there's a casino closer to you, and you don't need to travel as far. For <laughs> I thought that's where that was going for a second. Oh boy. Anyways, guys. So we, when we were at Midnight Runner um, uh, earlier this week, um, I, we were talking about the podcast. Just a, a guy that we met, and he asked, "Hey, like, what do you? What's your goal with this podcast? Are you trying to like monetize it? You know, are you trying to make money off it? Like, what are you trying to do?" And I just said, "The whole point of what we're doing is we're trying to build a community of like-minded people here, and I think that what we're doing with the with the P2E Watch Party coming up this Sunday." Um, is our first step towards doing that. So we're going to get a group of people together. You know, we're going to we're going to play some games. We're going to watch some track. We're going to eat some food. We're going to drink some beers. and We're going to have a good time. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so if you like I said at the top of the show, if you don't know where the Gendron Saloon is and you want to join us, hit us up on Instagram. Um, anybody that wants to be involved with the game that we're putting out there, you're welcome to. Other than that, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Does anybody at Notre Dame call him uh, Chelms or Danny Chelms? I've heard it. You've heard it? Good. I'm, I'm <laughs> that's sticking on. Um, are you? So, so is, are either of you a Stonehill grad? Me and Trent are both. Oh, both. Okay. Us, yeah. Oh, and I cool. went to their rival. <laughs> this is so fun that you guys do this. Oh, good. How often do you record? Uh, so we 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 release a podcast once a week. So we usually drop them Mondays. Um, Where's that? Oh, Daddy, what's up? Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, he's a good looking Teddy, dog. He's famous. He's famous. <laughs> he's pissed. He hasn't been fed dinner yet. So. <laughs> I am so down. I have not attempted a beer mile in like 
two and some years, and I think I'm down for a good one. Like I'm ready for a good one. Well, let's do it. Yes, we're uh, we're organizing one. Racing season. When are you organizing one? We're organizing one at the end of September. So like the last weekend in September. Oh, I'm in. Where? Uh, we're probably going to be doing it in the Boston area. Yeah, I can do like a satellite view mile wherever I am. Yeah, all right. Okay. But, I mean, that'll, we, we'll allow it. As soon as you are able, woman, I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table I love is spilling Waiting here for you to take and drink up If you're tired of the same old story Don't turn some page Desert Road.